What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Green here, back with episode one of season three. More inside the green room. We'll discuss the trade, my move to Philly, uh, what shows I've been watching during quarantine, so on and so forth. We have such a quick turnaround, so much to get into. So let's get into it. And shout out to everybody who's tuning in and listening for season three of Inside the Green Room. As you heard, that's Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. As Danny mentioned before the show started, we're going to talk about the trade, his move to Philly. We're going to talk about his expectations for the Sixers. We might reflect a little bit on the Lakers and maybe give some predictions of what they're going to do as well. And then we'll help the Philly fan base know more about Danny as well. And I guess, Danny, before we even you know get into the trade and your move, I guess we should let people know more about the show because I assume we're going to have uh, some new listeners, a new audience that comes into the mix. Uh, I've known Danny for what, over 15 years now? Yeah, about that, man. Since we're about 15 years old, we're both in our 30s now, 33. So, yeah. Hey, don't date me. Don't date me. <laughs> about 18 <laughs> years now, man. Almost 20 years, man. So, we've been, we've been, we go back for a, a little while now. But, yeah, first yeah. of all, big shout out to Night Train, DJ Night Train, the best DJ in the world. Um, guys been amazing. He had a birthday. Um, too bad we couldn't celebrate it in Dallas. The function got canceled. We had an event. Uh, the battle, official, you know, would have been fun. Uh, but yeah, man, this this podcast we've been doing for two and a half years almost now, um, and so far we're undefeated. Uh, so before <laughs> we get to the playoffs, I don't want to hear no shit uh, about you know we shouldn't be doing podcasts. We're undefeated. You know what I'm saying? We're two and zero. We're running for two years, and we we've, we've won two years in a row. So um, it's been going well. We've been had a lot of fun. We traveled the world. We did all of Toronto. We did a lot of California. Um, we had interviewed a lot of my teammates in Toronto and California. Um, so you know this year will be fun as well. Hopefully. Some of our Philly guys will jump on and we'll get to interview them as well. Yeah, for sure. And then so for people to know a little bit more about myself, before Danny and I teamed up, I was a sports anchor out in Ohio. So I was there for LeBron's last three years, uh, last four years, rather, yet when he went to the finals. Yeah, H is uh, undefeated. Then, H has been in the finals every year. So supposedly our good luck charm. Hopefully he keeps yeah. us the right way, Philly. So uh, <laughs> y'all could be hard on him if we lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so any market I've been uh, a personality in, at least in that first year, uh, a team has either made the finals or won a championship. So hoping to keep that streak going. I think one of the best things about the show that we have here, Danny, because I've known you for so long, uh, I think there's a level of transparency that you share with me that I, I think you're transparent with all media, but I think because of our uh, relationship, we, we've been a friend, we've been uh, pretty transparent with each other about things that have happened and you try to peel back the door. So I think that's one of the benefits of listening to this show. So while we're at it, we might as well do it. For sure, for so, sure. So uh, first Let's and foremost, uh, take me into the meeting you had with Rob Palenka, end of season meeting. Not, not before the trade happened, but the end of season meeting. Um, it was a meeting that I think we were all looking forward to because a lot of guys knew there was gonna be some moving pieces. Um, unfortunately, when you win one, it's very hard to bring everyone back and uh, speaking to Dwight, I think he was a little upset about it that you couldn't you know, bring everyone back. Um, but, you know, everybody's trying to see where they stand, especially guys that are on roster. Those are the free agents as well. Um, so the meeting basically um, from them, um, I thought would have been more, but, you know, it was what it needed to be. It didn't need to be any more than that. It was a congratulatory, you know, thank you for your services or during that time or your mental and your, your, your efforts of coming into the bubble, being a professional about it helping us win a championship were a big piece and big part of us winning a championship. Um, it wasn't a goodbye, but it was, you know, just checking in. How is your quarantine going? How is the pandemic, how life outside the bubble is treating you? What are some of the first things you did? 
And um, is there anything from us that you need um, moving forward? Obviously, we weren't talking trades yet, but they're just seeing how life was mentally, emotionally, and how you know they could help. And just thanking us, well, thanking me anyway. That's how my meeting went. Thanking me for, you know, the, the part that I played in helping us win a championship. Um, so I said thank you as well. I appreciate them being there by my side, mentally, emotionally, supporting me throughout the bubble. And um, you know, we had a lot of fun. It was a heck of a year. And, um, you know, told them, tell their families hello and, and wish them the best. Uh, hopefully they're doing mentally, emotionally well outside the bubble um, also. And um, said if they need me for anything, they can give me a call. So it was a very brief, you know, about 10 minutes just sharing experiences of being back to normal life outside of the bubble type of meeting. Yeah. And so I know you, you asked uh, RP, Rob Palenka, to give you somewhat of a heads up if some trade was going to happen. Now, if we peel back the curtain a little bit, uh, when you had free agency last summer, uh, you when you signed that deal, like you mm -hmm. kind of, you know, obviously they were waiting for Kawhi, and mm -hmm. you were, you know, a, a situ you were possible to sign there, and it ended up happening that way. But the deal that you signed, uh, because of the way the Lakers are structured, with LeBron being older and mm -hmm. AD being younger, and there being that uh, salary cap space available for you, um, it, it put you in a situation where you were constantly going to be in rumors because it's LA. They could get the third star. You're the third most highest paid player on the team throughout the duration of the season. And especially during this off season before the trade happened, were those thoughts in your mind? Like I'm a movable commodity because of the structure of my deal. For sure. Um, I thought that before I even signed um, because the pressure was on them to kind of match what other teams were offering. I don't think they wanted to, go as high as they did with the number that they gave um, because of how high the number was for me. Um, I knew it was always going to be a, a situation where I was going to be involved or talks with trade. I never asked Rob to say, you know, give me a heads up. There's a trade. Um, I just assumed he would give me a trade, you know, just because the relationship we have. You just knew that you just knew, yeah. you just knew the math. For sure. And I just said, you know, obviously I've spoken about it in meetings and things like, or in our interviews, like, yeah, I know RP would reach out to me, but it's not his job to do that. Obviously I appreciate it. And most guys would. And so the relationship we have, I knew, I, I figured he would. Uh, so he did, uh, but he didn't have to. But so when it came before I even signed, when we agreed and discussed my contract of coming to LA, um, because, you know, it was not where it was, where it landed, it was lower than that. And because where it landed, it was more than they wanted to pay. It put a lot of, uh, pressure on them cap wise of trying to get other pieces and trying to keep those pieces. Um, especially said after winning and guys playing so well, they said it's hard to bring a team back when, when guys are, are you know more valuable now and they can get money elsewhere. They're champions now. Um, so to keep them, you got to overpay them more than what, you know, they were getting during that year. Usually um, unless they're older, they want to take a cut or, you know, just love being in the city, want to be around the team, want to be with the vibe and think we can run it back again. Uh, but most guys on our team with vets have been around for a while. Now they got their championship. They're like, all right, they want to do what's best for them, their families, uh, either be closer to home or closer in a scenario or a situation where they finally get their payday. Um, so you can't knock them for that. Um, but yeah, I knew from before I even signed my deal, the structure of it, that I was always going to be in trade talks. Mm. Now, I always thought that the the deal would end up bringing back, if you were traded, uh, you they would end up getting a third star. Uh, but it seems that the way that RP in the front office has operated uh, they're kind of still going with the, you know, 10 man strong type of roster mm -hmm. and, and, and with, and especially with Rondo going to Atlanta, bringing in Dennis Schroeder, uh, it seemed like a logical thing. So obviously, and obviously, you know, there's no, uh, there's no ill will between you and the organization. The interesting thing is that now, I think at first there was like an education that you have to have for the casual fan, for example. So I went back home, hung out with my mom right before Thanksgiving. 
Mm-hmm. And my mom goes, so Danny got traded. Is it because he missed that shot? I'm like, oh, mom, not you too. <laughs> like, like, I mean, to the average fan, you know, they, they don't really know any better. You know, that they think because of certain things, um, which may possibly be in certain instances, you know, certain games, certain performance level. Obviously, it wasn't up to my expectations or the fans' expectations uh, of what they wanted me to do um, in the past year. Uh, but I, I think, you know, they're going to go with fits for around their two stars. And obviously, they may not get a third star, but they might get, you know, three pieces or two pieces that might equal a third star. When you got a guy like Schroeder and Trez averaging over 15-plus uh, throughout the regular season, that equals a third star. That's thir- 30 points right there between those two, uh, possibly. Then you add, you know, Marcus Saul and uh, a couple other great pieces. They picked up Wes Matthews, another 3 and D guy. Um, they did some great moves, man. And the whole team, the whole, you know, the whole league is making moves to get better. That's what they, they knew. They couldn't just be complacent. They had to make moves uh, to be better fit, not just um, to beat other, but fit for them, you know, fit around Braun and AD. Um, so they want to try to give Braun a rest with uh, another ball handler, another playmaker. Uh, we're looking for that in Dion. Um, so they found Schroeder instead. Uh, they still want another 3 and D guy to get KCP back, which he deserves every every dollar plus more. And Wesley Matthews, you know, those two guys in the wings, uh, you know, trying to replace what Avery brought to the table. And Wes and, and KCP is going to be those factors. They still have AC there. Uh, but they made some good moves, man. They were trying to get better just like everybody else in the league because they couldn't just be uh, satisfied with where they're at. They're expected not to just win one championship. When you have those two guys, you have high expectations to win, you know, multiple championships for as long as they're there. You and I talked about this right before you went to the bubble and obviously considering where you are now. We said this and, and it, thankfully the job is done. You come mm-hmm. to the Lakers, you got a chance to win a chip, you win the chip. Everything else is, every, it, obviously the check is always going cash, For but sure. win the chip and, and the job is done. I'm sure that's how you feel like, yeah, you, I'm sure you won it two years, but you got what you, you got what you came here for. Definitely, definitely. And uh, you, know, you can't ask for more than that, obviously. Uh, some people, so I mean, said you might not like the way it happened, but it happened. You know, we got the job done. We finished the job. You know, just like when people complain about, you know, you know, you drive kind of crazy, but I got you there safely. You know, <laughs> so you know, you didn't die. You know, things might have been a little roller coaster. You know, you got there safely, and you got a chance to celebrate. You got to achieve something that you haven't achieved in so long time. So, you know, be happy with it. So we got the job done. Obviously, it wasn't as pretty as we liked it to, and as pretty as you would like it to. But, you know, we achieved something great. And, you know, that's something that will forever be bonded for uh, together as brothers and, and remembered for as an organization, um, especially during the year that we had during the pandemic in the bubble, in the bubble and losing so many greats that we lost this year. The one the one thing that's still going to be. Uh, I'm going to be salty about I'm sure you're going to be salty about and maybe for a, a period, a long period of time. And it's fair to be salty about it. There just wasn't the celebration period that anybody would have wanted or expected after winning something, especially when you consider the fact that the Dodgers won as well. So uh, it's, it's, it's straight out of the 2020 playbook. For sure. Damn, that is the one, I, you're in a great situation now. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Uh, but that is still the one thing I think is going to sting with, and probably stings with everybody. I like that celebration, man. I, I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it's such a quick turnaround. And maybe because I'm, I'm, I am, I'm very spoiled. So I've been lucky, man. Went back to back. Um, so I'm just salty that I wasn't able to really get a vacation. This quick turnaround, I wasn't able to get any solid vacation. But the fact that it was a pandemic, everybody's quarantined, it wasn't too crowded. We weren't out. Like, the parade was a lot of fun in Toronto. But being out there six hours in front of thousands of fans um, is draining. To be able to party for a whole summer. Listen to this guy. 
Who listened and, to this and, guy? So I liked, and I think the good parts about being That's, a pandemic, you don't have to be around so many big crowds. You can celebrate with just your people. You know what I'm saying? Come on, But the fans, the fans do deserve that. I would definitely love to celebrate the fans. But yes. I, I like that. It was small celebrations where we wanted it as a group with our team, our people, our friends and family, and it was safer. Um, you know, we don't have to shake as many hands, wear some masks. Like, you can be, you know, doing your own thing without being bothered as much. Uh, but, yeah, I, I enjoy, you know, I look at the positive things. I enjoy the positives of the pandemic where you said I don't have to, you know, shake and give hugs to everybody in the world and party with everybody in the world. I can just celebrate with my, you know, closest people around and, and you know, have as much fun with them safely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that, 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 that does sound like you've gotten accustomed to winning or at least getting very close to it. I've been, so, I've been, um, I've been, I've been spoiled, bro. You have another chance to win this year, playing alongside Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Joel mm -hmm. Embiid talked about uh, some of the disrespect that he got over this past season for some reason. I guess, I mean, we have, there are reasons valid, but maybe it does, still doesn't make sense that Joel didn't make any of the all NBA teams, not first, not second, not third. Uh, here's a quote from him about that. You know, when you consider, you know, top 10, top five, I don't know, NBA player or whatever, when you're up there and not make an all NBA team, that just shows you a lot. And it ain't even had to do with, um, you know, the way I really played last year because I mean, truthfully, I, I, I think I averaged 23 and 12 or something like that. I mean, I, I still thought that was enough, but uh, it is what it is. Um, can't get mad at it. But then again, you know, just thinking about it, was disappointed, um, extremely disappointed because I don't, I didn't get the respect that I deserve. Um, but by doing that, you got to be able to win. So that's where it starts. You got to win. Danny, when you had that call with Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey after eventually maneuver after they maneuvered you from Oklahoma City to Philadelphia, uh, what did they say your the expectations were for you personally and as and for the team? I would love to give you all behind the scenes insight on how the trade went down, the talks were, but it, it was a truly to me an unexpected but exciting move. Um, um, it wasn't, I was supposed to talk to Sam and OKC, but we never had a conversation, uh, but the trade happened. And I got a chance to talk to Philly before it happened either. It just happened out of nowhere, but I did like the spot. I did like the pieces that we had and they called me right away. They were excited. You know, we're bringing you in to bring, you know, bring your experience. You've had an experience shooting from the perimeter, do what you do. And also your, your project is to work on these young guys and get them ready. Like a Joel, like a Ben, Tobias, um, get them to buy in. Uh, that was Doc's thing. And, and you know, Daryl and Elton, were amazing with said and they still are when I when I get a chance to talk to him on the phone um was you know just excited about me being a part of this organization and trying to bring it to the next level I know I can't do it by myself but um, we have Dwight here we have other vets here um, and our job is to you know mentally start you know start with a little seed and get them mentally ready habits each day so that by the time the end of the season begins and time playoffs start that they already have these habits they already know and I don't have to we don't have to do it on our own they're already experienced in that aspect of what it takes to win um, so yeah, the talks, man, were, were great, um, but it was truly unexpected. I didn't ex expect it to happen that quickly or to that, you know, I guess to the city, um, cause I didn't have any talks with them. I didn't have any talks with Sam about it. Um, we did have some teams in mind that we were talking to Sam about, but we never got a chance to discuss it and it happened so fast, but I'm glad that I'm here. Um, we have a lot of guys like Joel that are trying to reprove themselves and you're in this league, in this world, you're as good as your last game. And it's what have you done for me lately type of league. Everybody knows that. Um, so when you're not putting up the numbers or, that you once was or doing what you once did, 
It's like, oh, he's lost it or he's not. So, you know, we have so many guys coming in uh, from trades from other teams that are trying to prove themselves and guys that have come back from losses last year in Philly where they lost in the first round and didn't play well. You know, they're getting on Tobias about what he's doing. They're getting on Joel. They're getting on Ben about, you know, trying to stay healthy. Um, they're saying they need to break this team up when realistically they don't. They have the pieces to get it done. Just have to stay healthy and, and just, you know, get that mentality and, and the small details of how to win. Um, to me, the East is always pretty open. You know, uh, Miami made it through. Um, Milwaukee's always great. Boston, Toronto, of course, and said Philly. It's always it's always open. Any team, I feel like, there's no, you know, two-headed snake or two, two or three teams that are way above the rest of the teams in the, in the Eastern Conference. Um, so we have a shot, man. And I said, I think it starts with the mental and uh, my job of, you know, working on the projects that we have in our in our group and, um, you know, getting them ready for, you know, end of the season. Yeah, I've always thought that the Eastern Conference was pretty much top six it really came down to the matchups and, and who would prevail and who would get to the nba finals uh certain teams match up better with uh other teams uh when it comes to expectations for you personally uh we could talk about you know what you expect to do this season but i think your role here is very much similar to what it was in los angeles you got yeah. a big man who attracts double teams you got a a, a great ball handling forward size all around guard and ben simmons and your job is to provide spacing uh, mm -hmm. and allow them to operate. I must say, like, as, as we talked about this, we, you know, we, after the trades from the Lakers, you know, we were concerned or we wanted to make sure you were in a position to succeed. And I got to say, you're in a very great spot playing with two all-stars and you're going to play a pivotal role. Maybe I would even say your role here in Philadelphia is more pivotal than it was in LA For sure. uh, because the way Frank Vogel operated, there was about 10 to 11 guys that he trusted with minutes. And, and Doc Rivers might get to that point. Uh, but right now, I would assume that you're going to be relied on a lot more uh, to provide that, not just provide the spacing, but execute when you do get the spacing or you do get those opportunities. For sure. Um, I, I compare this situation. And listen, my role is not going to change much at this point in my career. Um, of course, my friends and family, they're like, oh, you should do more of this, do that. I'm not brought in to do that. You know, my, my job is to lead. I'll make winning plays defensively, offensively, space the floor, knock down shots. Uh, but I compare this situation. Um, we said it's more pivotal than L.A. because L.A., we had so many veterans. They didn't need my coaching or my intellect or my IQ. Guys with IQ, same or higher than mine and more experienced than mine. I wasn't there to be a voice and teach them, you know, what it takes to win. They all been there and won. This situation is very similar to Toronto, where I'm coming with a group of younger guys that are still learning how to win. And, um, you know, and, and be more of a locker room voice. They didn't need that in L.A. You know, they're going to need that. They needed that in Toronto. Me and Kawhi going there and, and with the younger guys and kind of similar here. Um, they're a little older than what Toronto was when we got there. But, you know, I'm here to be that voice and try to teach them the, the small things, small details of what it takes to win. Um, so, and that's said more pivotal um, than L.A. because they didn't need that there. They, they're definitely going to need it here. And, um, you know, I'm excited to get out there on the floor. I haven't been cleared yet. Uh, get physicals soon and then get on the floor with them and see with energy but Dwight is out there uh we have a couple other you know let's say vets they're not really that old Tobias is one of the vets now and, and he's younger than me but uh, we have some guys here that, that understand know the game um know their roles and uh have a chip in their shoulder because they're all ready to prove themselves um you know again this year to the people that have been doubting them last year so for the majority of your career you've competed for conference finals you competed for nba finals Dating back to college, you won a national championship, always in the NCAA tournament, high school basketball team, 
was at one point rated number one team in the state. So, I mean, the country rather yet in the mm. state for a while. Uh, so, you know, very, all, all we try to do here is win, right? Sure. That's the only thing that's important. Everything else, everything else that's prop that matters comes after winning. Um, sure. So what is the expectation for the team for this year? What do you, what would you consider a success? For me, I said, I, I have obviously individual goals, but those aren't at the forefront. Uh, and I said this earlier with an interview with someone else um, and probably read an article, I have team expectations. And, and I expect, well, I hope if we stay healthy and, and stay together, I know we can do some great things. So I, I, my goals or expectations is to have two or three all-stars this year, uh, two or two guys, if not three on a, a defensive team, whether it's first and second, you know, at least two guys on a defensive team, um, you know, guys having better, the best career years and winning games. We're only playing 72, so it'd be nice to win 50, you know, 50 plus games. And, you know, we got to at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's, there's no way or shape or form excuses to lose in the first round or second round with the talent we have. It should be a head-to-head matchup with a monster team in the Eastern Conference Finals, whether it's Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, or Toronto. Um, and this other team that I might be forgetting in the East. Uh, but, you know, our expectation is to at least make it to the, the Eastern Conference Finals. We want to be to the finals. That's the goal, be in the finals. And once you get there, you know, anything can happen. You know, injuries always happen. Obviously, there's some monstrous teams in the West, but we have the team. We feel we have the talent enough to actually get this thing done. And, you know, it's always championship or bust for whatever teams that have been on. Unfortunately, um, the goal and the expectations have been, the bar has been high. But um, that's what I, that's what I love. That's what I came in for. That's what I, that's what I like. I like to be on winning teams and have that bar set high. So, um, you know, we're just trying to continue not, not to be satisfied with the small things, you know, saying the little things and that what we're, what we're preparing for is bigger. And, um, you know, the bar is set high. You know, we want to win. We want to be the last team standing. Last time that you were in Wells Fargo Arena was the same time or Wells Fargo Center. I'm going to have to look that name up. I've got to get familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time we were in Philadelphia for a game, I was there, too. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was the last, it was when the Lakers were at, were playing the Philadelphia 76ers. And obviously we all know what happened uh, after that game with Kobe's passing. What, and obviously the, the scouting report is different now because Al Horford's not there and Josh mm-hmm. Richardson's not there. But you guys, when you were with the Lakers, you guys pretty much got dominated. Uh, yeah. Ben Simmons played very well. They were great at home man, last they, year. They Philly, were, was, Philly was great at home last year. They're amazing. What, what was the scouting report that Frank Vogel and the team had for the Sixers and how do you think that scouting report might've changed a bit? Obviously the functionality of the team changes with you and Seth there, but what, give me some more details about the scouting report that, that Frank Vogel posed to you guys. I think that's obvious for most teams, any team. Um, they still had the pretty much the same team last year. Now we have a little more, some more shooters. Uh, me, Seth, uh, Matisse is, is growing as a shooter, Farcon. Um, you know, Mike Scott, we have some guys that can stretch the floor. Uh, for most time, it, for the most part, was make them beat you over the top with Ben and Joel. You know, make them shoot jumpers, make them beat you from uh, the three-point line or perimeter, and also don't let them in the paint, um, which I said I think is another challenge for us. I'm, I'm challenging not just Joel, but Ben um, to not worry about percentages, especially early in the clock, early in the game. You know, you can't be afraid to take those jumpers. Keep the defense honest. Mind you, you shoot it pretty well. You know, we see in practice, we see you shooting online. We see you highlights and clips. You're not a bad shooter. It's all confidence and mental. Um, so, you know, I'm going to try to myself take upon myself to challenge him to 
you know, put himself in some uncomfortable situations or positions to make himself more comfortable doing those things. And that may be taking, you know, at least one corner three a game, you know what I'm saying? Just to keep the defense honest. Um, so yeah, now it's a little tougher beating or making this team beat you over the top when we have guys that can shoot it like Seth, Tobias, Matisse, Farcon. Um, so, you know, I think the scout report will be different. We haven't played Philly in a long time, you know, being in LA, but I would assume the scout report would change a little bit, uh, assuming the pieces that we got this year. Now, let, let, let's, let's, speaking about Ben Simmons, let's keep it all the way 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I knew this from when I was covering LeBron and the Cavs when I was in Ohio. There's a certain level of scrutiny that comes with players who play alongside LeBron James. One, because he plays so damn well at such mm-hmm. a high level. He's on this chase to catch Michael Jordan in some people's eyes. He might be there. He's still chasing him, however you might see it. But the nature of LeBron's game also as well it, ben- it benefits other players. It puts other players in the spotlight because of the way that he passes the ball. And because mm-hmm. of that, and you playing with the Lakers last year, there was a lot of attention you got. A lot of people then started to make commentary and memes for clout purposes because, mm-hmm. you know, as, when something gains momentum, you're just doing it because you want your, your, your post, your meme, your tweet to be boosted up the algorithm. Because for sure. for what, as we talked about many a times, you were always trending on Twitter for a while there in the bubble. I'm gonna miss but that. But at a certain at a certain point, <laughs> at a certain point, let's keep it was out of they were at a certain point it was out of control. Like they were putting a little bit too much dirt in your name for somebody who's been successful as you've been. I mean it's what it's, it it's expected, bro. So you know, I said I'm gonna miss those days uh, of being <laughs> trending on you know Twitter and shit like that. Um, and but I'm not gonna miss the criticism. It's funny, you know. I care less about that. But yes, there's and when people take it, they take it to extreme. I'm sure Joel's got it, Ben has got it, and Tobias got it. They put in guys' names through the dirt and extremely, you know, the disrespectful says, "What what have you done for me lately?" Type of league. Uh, you're as good as your last game. You know those type of things. So if you had a bad shooting season or a bad shooting night, then it's like, you know what, this guy can't shoot anymore. Um, which is fine. That's cool. I'd rather y'all believe that and then, you know what I'm saying, I'll do the unexpected. Hopefully teams will start to believe the dumb shit y'all putting out there so they can leave me open more. Um, but I highly doubt they'll do that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, that, that, that's part of, you know, the world now. That's what social media is. That's what help the world we live in is. And um, it only helps motivate us to be better. So um, and I'm challenging not just myself and everybody else around me, but guys like Ben, um, you know, to ignore that. We don't care about none of that. But. Um, and everybody in the basketball world in our league knows who can shoot, but, you know, to put yourself or push the boundaries a little bit more, you know, and, you know, shoot those threes a little bit more. Um, it just, it'll make us a better as a group, as a team, if, you know, they're playing you out on that, that perimeter, that line, because you're just, he's a beast that gets to the rim, using his body, gets to the free throw line and making plays for us as, as a group. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, once he gets, com- when he gets comfortable, how far he can take his game to that next level. Yeah, I think you obviously you and Seth uh, at a level of functionality to the offense that probably they just didn't have last year. But I'm also intrigued to see how you guys are defensively. Uh, obviously, you're going to help their defense. I think Matisse has been a, a solid defender in his rookie year and has potential to be very good uh, defensively. You have Ben Simmons, you have Joel Embiid. So uh, you guys have a chance to be maybe a top five, top 10 defense in the league. And then as you did last year with the Lakers, if you have great defense, then you can have great transition offense. Ben Simmons is one of the best transition offensive players in the league. And that was one of the scout reports that was, was trying to slow them down. Um, but that's our scout report for us is we want to speed up and play fast. And that's one of the goals that Pop, uh, Doc has, has has for us. He wants us to play fast, but also want to be the best defensive teams in the league. 
excuse me, I said pop, but Doc, yeah, Doc wants us to be one of the best, you know, top five defensive teams in the league and setting our expectations. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying we should only make that. We want to win, um, but we can't short, we can't fall short of anything less than being the Eastern Conference Finals. But the goal is to win and be the last team standing. And, and we have ex those expectations for ourselves and we believe we can do it. Um, but if we fall short of any of those, those things that I listed, it's going to be a, a bust or a bad season. It's probably going to break it up, trades. It, it always happens. But either way, you know, we all go out there, try to have fun, get back to, you know, the purity of basketball as we, as we can and, and play selfless. And that's when the games become easier and become fun. And, and you start winning without um, having to focus and put so much extra pressure on yourself. And I like the fact that we're flying under the radar, um, you know, which is better. So hopefully it helps us. Hopefully we get no everybody. Christmas. Yeah, no Christmas game. I was, was It kind of sucks, well, but I mean, you know, we were under the radar, which is fine. Um, I prefer that. But uh, yeah, we can hopefully win games, keep winning games. We have a better road record this year than they had last year. And, uh, you know, get this team ready for when the playoffs come and, and being a, a championship team and staying healthy, hopefully. That's the biggest key for us. Uh, you, you mentioned, we just kind of touched on uh, Christmas games. Obviously, mm -hmm. Brooklyn has entered the Eastern Conference title contender mix. I want to talk about them and the rest of the Eastern how Conference. I, how did I ever forget about Brooklyn? Talk about, and talk about, and I just want to talk about a myriad of subjects. We got one more segment before we get out of here. We'll be right back with Inside the Green Room. We're back with more Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. This is our first episode of season three. Uh, we got about, I think, what? We're going to push out three more episodes for the close of the year. Uh, so stay tuned. We're going to be dropping them pretty often to close, to close 2020. And then we'll go back to maybe like a two or three episode per month type of regimen uh, starting in 2021. Hopefully things will open up or get closer to opening up by then. Who knows? Uh, but I have a couple quick questions here that I want to ask you, Danny. And so, so that some of the newer audience can get to know about you a little bit. Uh, and then we'll ask you some basketball questions as well. So first question, and you got, we want to do this quick now. Um, what TV show are you watching right now? I just finished Undoing. I'm watching Messengers, The Messengers. Do you recommend The Undoing? I do recommend Undoing. I thought it was good. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the ending. Uh, the Messengers is okay. Um, there's a couple other shows I could recommend, but Undoing was good. This season of Inside the Green Room, will you stop referring to me as Dirty Harry because people don't understand? Or Absolute, they take the wrong understanding? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. You will always and forever be Dirty Harry. Please do not, please do not take this as a reference to my uh, cleanliness. This is just a nickname. No, he's not a dirty guy. About. He's not a dirty guy. <laughs> Mind you, people gotta people gotta do the research. They gotta know who Dirty Harry was. You know, cleaning suit back in the day was a bad dude. There's many different definitions for this Dirty Harry thing. And people that will meet you will understand why we call you Dirty Harry when they get to know you. Uh, first reaction when you saw photos of James Harden at Little Baby's birthday party in Atlanta and apparently at in Las Vegas on Sunday night when teams are supposed to be uh, getting quarantine. ready for the seat quarantining and getting ready for the season uh my first reaction was i was a little jealous um not the fact that he was out partying in the club because i don't care for that but a little baby the gifts some of the gifts that he got i think everybody in the world was jealous of, of 
the friendship that he was getting uh, from his friends, all the stuff that he got. Um, I haven't gotten those gifts ever in life. I mean, which is okay. You know, we don't have, everybody doesn't have a bunch of wealthy friends around them. Um, but you know, we all celebrate and have fun. But I thought it was interesting. I think a lot of people got a kick out of it, a laugh out of it, that he was in the club, uh, especially the next day. Um, but I think most people said were, were jealous of the fact that they weren't able to be out and doing what he's doing and all celebrating the way that they're celebrating, which is a totally different level of celebration. A lot Good of honey buns. And, I wanted some honey yet, buns. It made me want honey buns. Oh, with oh. that be oh, with that being oh. said, uh, outside of honey buns, if I had to gift you a food like James Harden did to little baby, gift you a food, what would that food be? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about the honey, you know, pause. I'm thinking outside about honey, of honey buns. buns. Just I, the ice, ice honey buns though. But uh, outside of honey, if you were to gift me a food like a dessert or like a snack. I mean, it's always always safe to go with cookies, man. Um, But I'm trying to cut back on the the sweets this year a little bit. Uh, But it's always safe to get some chocolate chip cookies, man. Soft, some soft ones. Where are Nuke and Gizmo? Nuke and Gizmo are with me right now, actually. We are in Philadelphia looking for a place to live. Um, Currently, hopefully finding a yard for them to run around some. But they're here, man. They're They're with me. Nuke and Gizmo are Danny's dogs. Uh, for those who, for those who are now listening or watching the show and did not know, uh, what, how difficult or how do you manage the housing situation in Los Angeles? Because you were staying in a certain area, mm-hmm. you got traded, and you still got to you got to find a place to live in Philadelphia. How do you manage the LA house living situation? Um, not too difficult. So when a trade happens, usually the teams take care of the trade. I guess the hardest part is just finding a place to live um, and figuring out whether or not you want to keep your place in Los Angeles or you want to keep your home wherever it is, your, your foundation. Um, right now, I don't have one. I sold my house in San Antonio. I didn't buy in L.A. So if I just wanted to move my stuff from L.A. to Philly, it'd be easy move for the team to do so. Um, but it can get difficult when you said you're looking to buy somewhere or you're looking to call a place home. Um, but for the most part, with a trade, it's a lot easier making the move than it is when you're in free agency or being signed to a team. Have you run the Rocky Steps yet? No, I have not run the Rocky Steps. Temperatures actually dropping as of late. I've done enough walking my dogs, which is cold enough. So it's cold enough walking them, you know, for 20, 30 minutes a day. Um, but I'm sure at some point I will get there, and hopefully, probably when it's warmer. But uh, it's been in the 30s as of late, and I'll, I'm not running no damn Rocky Stairs in 30 degree weather. Before we let you go, it's the last one here. You have a chance to have dinner. You can get your honey buns, you can get your chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, you could only get one guest, one guest for this dinner. Yeah. Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. Dr. J, okay. Allen Iverson. You can only get one guest. Who is uh, I think I'm gonna go with Kevin Hart, man. I mean, even though I love and respect AI and Dr. J, uh, met those guys before. I met Kevin Hart too. Um, never got a chance to sit down with either, any one of them. Actually, Dr. J, we chopped it up a little bit more than others. Um, but when I'm, if I'm at a meal, man, I need to laugh. You know, so if I'm gonna sit down with somebody, I'm probably gonna laugh. So that's why I said I like to have joyful moments where I bring my dogs with me everywhere. That's why they're with me everywhere. My fiance's with me as well. But um, this short off season, my dogs have been with me everywhere I've gone. My friends, those people that said that great energy around me. And not saying that Dr. J and AI don't have that great energy, but everybody knows Kevin Hart, his energy is on another level. And he's gonna make you laugh until you, you, know, you cough the food up. So um, I think that sit down dinner would be more entertaining to me than the other two. All right, cool. I think that's pretty much it. Before we get yeah. out of here, I do want to say uh, some shout outs here to, to a bunch of people that 
Uh, no disrespect to the AI and Dr. J. I would love to sit down with him, but that would be more of an interview sit down. I'll be asking yeah. all types of questions and, and about the game and how it was back in the day, which I'd rather not do and, and just have, you know, just a chill dinner with the guys, you know, talking some shit, shooting, shooting the breeze. But um, yeah, let's give our shout outs, man. DJ Night yeah, Train, I of course. Big shout out to DJ Night Train, all the people in LA Spectrum, uh, Jack in the Box, all the people that took care of us, anybody, Dove. Uh, you know yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Spectrum. Uh, big shout out to all the local LA media, Harrison Fagan, uh, Kyle Goon. Shout out to uh, Harrison Fagan. I know a lot of times we'd be on Zoom and, and uh, the media relations department from LA would say, Harrison, you have a question? And you'd be like, Dirty Harry, where you at? Yeah. Because it's, it's, there's a different Harrison. I don't think there's any other Harrison covering the Sixers. Uh, so uh, that, I think that works out well now. So shout out Harrison Fagan. Shout out Kyle Goon. Uh, all the LA local media spectrum for help for... Uh, putting together the show for us, helping us put it together. Guys are amazing. Um, shout out to uh, the Lakers PR department, Allison Bogley, Allison Howard. Uh, amazing and, as well. Uh, uh, Jeff Gates, Mitchell Holder, a bunch of people from the Lakers, uh, really supportive during our championship season in LA. And I'm yeah. hoping that we can replicate that in Philadelphia because that's all we really like to do here. Yeah. Of- Big shout out to Jimmy <laughs> Buss, man, Lakers organization, uh, for sending so much love with the trade and how they handle everything, uh, top or priority organization, A1 organization. So big shout out to them uh, for handling things the way they did. Um, and Jeannie sending me the, the tequila bottle uh, and said, looking forward to circling back with them. Um, so we're still family. Uh, and said, we'll receive my championship ring uh, one of these days soon, hopefully the second half of the season. Well, no, you don't even want a second half of the season, unless they're fans. At this point, I saw, the, I saw your schedule too. At this point, I don't even know. You might as well just wait for 20, 2022 to get your actual rings to get my in Toronto, actual in Toronto and LA. I'm I'm deciding on that, man. Um, I'm just really contemplating just getting the ring in Tampa, calling it. No, 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 no. Don't do it. And Toronto, and same thing with LA, man. Just doing it, um, without the fans there. Uh, we'll see. What I'll pick on it. You, we'll you circle back. Face. It's been Where a long year. We don't know when this is going to end, bro. This <laughs> pandemic has been a year and a half. The bubbles has been annoying as hell. Just, just give me the jewelry and let me let me go in peace. But no, I would definitely love to celebrate in front of the city, but we never know when that's going to happen again. Canada, there's restrictions a little st- stiffer, tougher than, than ours is. So that's why they had to move the team. Um, so we don't know when we're going to go back to Toronto to do that. And same with fans in LA. We don't know when they're gonna, it's going to happen. Obviously, California shut down again. Um, so it's going to be tough to, to celebrate the way that we want to celebrate it. I'm in front of the fans in the arena, um, you know, receiving a ring and said in the, I guess the beginning of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, hopefully that turns around. Um, I am happy that you'll be able to play in at least arenas this year, or at least it seems that's the plan. I I feel like it's going to be a lot better for a lot of guys. It's for playing in that bubble um, for a lot of people. It's just, it's just not cool. Like imagine just staying somewhere for that long. It just sucks. Point I'm happy period. to be outside the bowl, man. There's nobody happier in the world than I am. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. I hear that. Um, before we go, and then also, I am going to forget names, so I'm just going to shout them all out as much as I remember. But shout out to each and every one of our former guests who got the bag or landed in a new opportunity oh, to for continue sure. their childhood dreams of playing basketball. Fred Van Fleet, shout out to you. Marcus So, good luck in LA. Mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka, good luck in LA. Um, I know Rondo, I Atlanta, Rondo Quinn, and Atlanta. Casey, he got hit, got his bag while was... Avery in Miami. LeBron um, and AD, we enough to stay in LA. Everybody who's been a part of 
embracing us or being a guest. Thank you and congrats Love on getting your money and opportunity. Boogie, all those, there's so many guys, man. I'm happy for all those guys. So congratulations to Seth. Big shout out to you guys. I'm sure I'll cross your paths. We'll cross paths again soon. Uh, but we'll bring some more inside the green room uh, near you, you know, coming soon in Philly. And with that being said, we out.